Hello, this is Bayo Fadjuba. We're so excited that you are joining us today. If you're a part of our DCH family, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you. Please find us on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, or you can even join us on our website at www.dch.church. We can also get you plugged in via the Church Center app where you can find our connect groups, upcoming events, as well as given options if you would like to help us spread the gospel of Jesus everywhere. I hope this word today blesses you, encourages you, and inspires you to greatness. Let's get started. Good morning, DCH. How many people are glad to be alive and well this morning? Let's put those hands together. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we ask that as we go into your word, please speak to us clearly. Let the heavens open. Let your word come forth expressly and with power. Let it produce transformation and revival in our hearts. Not just for now, Father, but even after we've left this place and we've ended watching on YouTube or whatever social media platform we're watching from, let it continue to reverberate and produce results in our lives throughout this year in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. When you look at my shirt, what do you see? Our text for the year is from Genesis 8, 1 to 12. It's the story of Noah. In Genesis 8, the Bible spoke of the, the movement of the earth that produced rain and total devastation. In Genesis 8, the Bible told us that at the end or at a certain time, God inspired Noah. Speaking of that which is to come, can I get someone to take this, please? Thank you. The Bible said God inspired Noah to send forth a dove. And the dove went out. And after hours of overing over the total destruction, the chaos, the confusion that the movement of the earth produced. The dove came back and it came back with an, a, a fresh, one version says, a fresh olive leaf in its mouth. Another version says an olive leaf. Another version says green olive leaf. 
Of course, we know green speaks of life. And of course, the dove did not have to say anything to Noah. The green leaf, the fresh leaf indicated, and the Bible said, and Noah knew that the storm was over. In Genesis chapter number one, the Bible said the earth was without form and empty. And the Bible said, and the spirit of the Lord moved over the face of the deep. The spirit of the Lord moved over the waters precisely. That's what the scripture says. Because at that time, everything was covered with water. Until God said, let there be light and there was light. So when you look at this shirt, what do you see? Someone said, it's inside out, right? Good. Anything else? There are some people that are upset. That these pastors, they've come again. Some people have pity on me. Their eyes show it. That maybe I forgot and I wore the shirt inside out. Between the people who are angry and upset and the people who have pity on this poor soul. What else do you see? He said it's a nice shirt. Inside out. I think it could be better, right? It's a nice shirt. It's a nice jacket. Sorry? It's not properly worn. It means it could be better. Any other thought? Somebody said it's gray, right? Thank you. It's what? Oh, it's funny. <laughs> this age, we are just wonderful. <laughs> I didn't think of that one. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> it's what? It looks funny. Like a comedy. Deception. Perception. You see it. Sorry, can you say that again, please? The perception. I'm wearing it comfortably, but you are seeing it differently. That's a deep one. Oh God, and we cannot make out what the color of the inside is. I'm trying to pull out whatever it is that is yet. <laughs> Can I say this church? For too long we've believed a theology and a doctrine in the body of Christ that teaches us that when we're going through times of confusion and darkness, 
seasons of pain, seasons where we don't seem to meet up to the standards of others, our community, and the expectations of man and our own personal designed set goals that it's because God is not with us. But the Bible makes us understand in Genesis 1 and Genesis 8 that even though the waters had covered the earth, the water here does not speak of something good, it speaks of storms. In the midst of the storm, there was total darkness, no direction, no vision, no thought, no understanding of what tomorrow would be. Who would be my husband? Who would be my wife? Which college will I go? Which um, job? Which offer? Whatever. There's total darkness, total confusion. Yet, the Spirit of the Lord was overing. Yet, the Spirit of the Lord was there. Yet, the, the yawner, the dove was moving. All day it moved. It overed over the devastation and the destruction. That the crisis and the storm, the tornado and all the shifting, the, re, the, the, the movement of the earth had produced. Wherever you may be in your journey, one major thing I want you to understand as I'm confident and sure, like my brother Mecca said, that I seem to be wearing this thing inside out comfortably. What gives you peace in the midst of your storm is an understanding that God is still with you. It's an assurance beyond all reasonable and unreasonable doubt. Even when people think you are mad, you are insane. How can you still be a Christian? How can you still be holding on to God? At 50, you've never married in your life. And there are Muslims that are willing to propose to you and marry you and give you money or whatever it is you deserve, children. Whatever it is that's your dreams. And you are still holding on to God. And you are at just the end of your ropes. It's important for you to know that God is not through with you yet. It's important for you to understand that in the midst of the storm, the confusion and the total darkness, the move of Yonah, the dove, the Holy Spirit is still very much present with you. I heard the story recently of a 50, is it 55 of, I don't know, almost over 50-year-old woman had accomplished everything in a career at the top of a business and yet had never been married in her life. And a tall man of God suddenly showed up and now they are happily married. And someone told my wife that if she could marry at over 50 and never been married before, the lady said, I know I have hope. 
The reason is because you might have been in a place through a storm that makes you believe that God had left you. That God, where are you? Like the brother I spoke to that called me from the prison yesterday. One of my brothers in Christ, for, because of being at the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people. And he was weeping like a little boy. He said, why am I here? He said, why am I here? Even in the midst of the tough, dark hour, it's important for us to know that Yona is still moving. Even when we do not understand, it's important for you to know that he's still moving. I'm not preaching a sermon. I'm telling you what God told me. Because at times we hear with our head, but it never really sinks in with our heart. That whatever you may go through this year, whatever you might have gone through last year, whatever you may be going through, I want you to be assured, be confident personally that God is still moving on your behalf. And it's important for us to know looking at this that what people see outside is different from what God is doing on the inside. People may see someone that is looking haggard, that is not looking properly dressed. People may see you in a certain perspective. But that does not necessarily mean the voice of the people is the voice of God. At times, the voice of the closest people to you may not necessarily mean the voice of God. The wife of Job told him, would you please stop all this God thing and let's look for solution to our problems outside of God. And Job said, no, I know my Redeemer lives. Even though he slays me, yet will I worship him. What people see on the outside may just be different from what God is doing on the inside. Please, if there's anything you can be sure of this year, it's the fact that even when you are in a bad place or a not good enough place in life, God is still working on your behalf. That's why the Yonah kept on overing kept on overing from morning till evening and in the evening it came to Noah with a fresh olive leaf prophetically speaking that there is life in the midst of total chaos and darkness there is life and at times church people may not totally understand until God unveils himself and when God shows up, he shows up as the Yonah, the one that is moving on your behalf. For the Bible tells us, church, that when God turned around the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. It was like a dream, yet it was reality. 
until God unveils the glory that is underneath the mess that your life may be right now. The mess that your marriage may be right now. The troubles that you've gone through in the past may not make sense. But when God unveils his glory underneath the mess, your mess becomes a message. Your test becomes a testimony. Then people would see and say, wow, so God was at work in your life. Your wife would say, wow, so you knew, wow, God is really, you are a man of God, you know. So at that point, everything would come together. They would understand that all along it was Yonah's move. For God does not only move at daytime, he also moves at nighttime. Weeping may endure for a night, but there is a God in heaven that brings glory, a smile, and praise to his people in the morning. I stand under God this morning and I declare the move of Yonah over our lives in this church. I stand under God and I speak to every family under the influence of my voice that God is at work even in your darkness. That God is at work even when there's confusion. That God is at work over that spouse. That God is at work over that sibling. That God is at work at your place of work. That God is, God is moving even right now when you do not have a clue what is going on. For the journey of Mary's salvation, the journey of Mary's visitation did not start when the angel came to her and said, you are the privileged, the beloved daughter of the Lord. You have been chosen to carry the pregnancy, the immaculate pregnancy of the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. That journey did not start at that time. The journey of Elizabeth is her cousin did not start when the person that was pregnant conceived and became pregnant. The journey of Paul of Tarsus did not start on the road to Damascus. God's move was already on Paul of Tarsus. He just did not know it. He just could not feel it. He thought he was doing the will of God but he was working against the calling and the divine plan and purpose of God for his life. Whatever it is you may be doing. Wherever it is you may be right now. I want to stand under God and declare that God is at work in your life. God is moving. God is moving. The Spirit of God is moving. Yonah is moving in the name of Jesus Christ. There are people here this morning. There are people listening to me. People that are going through very deep emotional traumatic experiences in their lives. Like Jeremiah cried out in Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 19. He said, my heart, my heart, I am in pain. It was not a physical pain. There are some pain that are not treatable with medicine. That are they are traumatic experiences. That the only thing medicine does is take care of the symptoms. Jeremiah said, my heart, my heart, I am in pain. My heart is pounding within me. I cannot be still. I am restless. I don't know what this child will do again. 
I don't know when the police will show up again. I don't know what next is going. You've gone through so much trouble in your life. All you see from one challenge to another trouble to another problem. Jeremiah said, I am in pain emotionally because I have heard the blast of enemy trumpets and the roar of their battle cries. Because I have heard, you might have heard all sorts of news. You might have even dreamt of all sorts of negative things. I stand under God today by the power of the spoken word. And I declare the move of God would bring to an end every negative news, every noise, every evil trumpet sound in your life, in your family, in your lineage, in the name of Jesus. I want the church to shout a big amen. When we talk about Yonah's move, when we talk about God's move, there are different dimensions to that. And we have a whole year to unpack this thing. And God will help us in the name of Jesus Christ. But I'll try, I'll give us six, six different dimensions to that same story in Genesis chapter 8 that is our text. Number one, I'll just share this principle with a little story of a married couple that were just driving along the road in their beautiful Tesla Model X. The one with the falcon wing. I think I saw one parked somewhere. So the wife sat at the other end of the driver's seat while the man sat by the wheel. And the wife asked a very tricky question. For someone like me, I would say some of those questions are traps because whichever way you answer, you are in trouble. She said, why can't we sit close together like we used to do shortly after we got married? When you are driving. Now the man quietly looked at her, thought a little bit, because it could be a trick question. If you say the right answer, you are in trouble. If you say the wrong answer, you are in trouble. And the man could only talk about himself. He said, I'm still sitting exactly where I've been sitting while driving from the time we got married till now. I never moved. <laughs> now some people who have been married several years got it. <laughs> the truth, church, is this. God has not moved. It's you and I that needs to move closer to him. Because at times we're asking deep spiritual questions. We're searching for what is not lost. 
And heaven has been waiting, waiting patiently for you to find your way back. I pray this morning that you would come nearer to him. Nearer, my God, to thee. Nearer. In Luke chapter number 2, verse 43 to 49, the Bible tells us the story of Joseph, Mary, and Jesus when he was, I think, 14 years old. They had to go to Jerusalem for the census because Joseph was a prince from Jerusalem. And the Bible said, while Jesus was in the synagogue, because it was a family trip, So they traveled, they started the journey back from their hotel. After they had driven a whole day's journey, suddenly someone said, please, where is Jesus? Mary said, I thought he was with you, auntie. The auntie said, oh, I thought he was with you, uncle. The uncle said, I thought they were all playing together with the other children that came on the road trip with us. For whatever reason, they had traveled a whole day without noticing that Jesus was missing. And the Bible said that they went back after they had asked every family member. Eventually, they went back to the church where they had the conference, where they worshipped last. And they found him right at the church answering questions from pastors and leaders in the church, a 14-year-old. And they said to him, Mary cried out, why have you done this to us? Said, done what? I never moved. Where you left me is where I've been. Busy with my father's business. I don't know how far the journey of your life, your career, your marriage, your relationships has moved you away from Jesus. I don't know how long ago it's been since you had a personal, personal time alone with him. That you would say you heard him, you worshipped him, not in church, but all by yourself. As we talk about the move of Yona, I pray this morning that you would find your way back to Jesus Christ. The husband of Naomi. He went in search of a business. He thought there was business in the other city. And he left the house of bread. He left the place of the altar where he worshipped and fellowshiped with God. And for every man that travels on the journey of life, Whatever successes we experience, they are just temporal. For the Bible tells us that very shortly, 
Naomi's husband died in the book of Ruth. And very shortly, the two sons died. And Naomi realized, I need to get back to God. For I heard that what I thought I was seeking for is actually with God where I left him. And she went back and everything she lost was restored. If you could come back, for some of us, you might not have gone too far to have lost stuff, lost your life, because you are still here listening to me. It's because God wants you to come back. I plead with you this morning. Let the move of the Spirit bring you back home. The second dimension of this move of your now is that the earth's movement by itself could not mend itself. And for every one of us, our moves without God will not produce spiritual healing. Doesn't matter whatever it is you are doing. The Bible tells us in Genesis 1, the earth by itself was without form and void, empty, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. There was movement, but there was no healing until God said, let there be light, and there was light. Out of chaos, he brought forth order. By yourself, church. You can't fix your soul. The emptiness in your spirit. Human activity without God is just empty activity with no spiritual relevance. The Bible tells us in the book of Judges chapter 16 verse 19. The Bible tells us the story of Samson. The Bible said, Samson, his enemies came suddenly. Let me put it this way. There was a sudden fight that came to him. There was a test that came to him. Maybe an interview. And he made a statement. The Bible said, and Samson said, I will do as before. I will shake myself. You might have been shaking yourself in the past and you produced results without God. God wants me to announce to someone this morning that the journey ahead of you is too great for your human certification alone to produce the kind of results that heaven wants to produce in your life. There is a kind of glory heaven wants you to access that is beyond what your human capacity or capabilities alone can produce and sustain. Because there's a difference between entering a door, 
There's a difference between getting a job. There's a difference between getting a position and being able to retain the job and being able to remain in the room. Your move without God will not produce the kind of spiritual healing that is required. Number three, the third perspective. The mother and experience is so similar to Yona's experience with us. I grew up in Africa church. My dad and my mom had, for whatever reason, they never told us. I had a poultry, then we had these chickens, you know, there was a little fence. So we had these chickens that were, I think we called them free range, right? Did I get it right? Okay, thank you. And of course, a whole lot of other things. For us children then, it was like punishment because you have to go take care of, you know, each of us. So we never saw the benefit except, of course, eating the egg and um, the chicken, you know. But we don't really think about that. We only thought about the pain of taking care of the chicken and counting the eggs and all that and all that. But there are a few things that scripture brought to my mind just to let you know that even the small, tiny, infinitesimal part of your life was ordained by God for your future and a message. I never knew in my life I'll be talking about my mama's chicken. But when I was studying this scripture, God brought it to my mind. A picture of all those chickens. Number one, the mother hen sits upon the egg. We used to, I can picture them in my head till it hatches. It just sits on it. It just sits on it all day, all night. Once in a while when they give us the corn to go give, throw, feed the chickens. They get up, they feed the chickens and they go back again and sit on the eggs. Church, the hovering of Yona over your life this year is to cause a transformation from egg face to chicken face. It's a metamorphosis that is taking place. The eggs that we take out when we were growing up from underneath the covering of the mother hen those eggs always turn bad. You didn't get that, church. The eggs that are taken out of that, for whatever reason, they don't stay under the hovering and the covering of Yona. You got it. But the ones that stay takes them from glory to glory. For there is a glory of the egg. I'm telling you, it's beautiful to behold the egg. 
But there is a glory when those cheeks begin to break and they begin to flutter. Beautiful, fresh, clean, perfect. And they begin to walk around and you begin to count them as little children. It's another dimension of glory. I stand under God and I speak to someone under the influence of my voice. That this year 2022, as the spirit of God sits upon you, as the spirit of God overs over you, you would experience a metamorphosis. You would experience a transformation. You would experience a move from one level to another level in the name of Jesus Christ. You will look back at your beginning and you won't look like the same. For when God turned around the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. It will look like a dream, yet it will become reality. When God is through with us this year, we will look at this beginning as beautiful and glorious as it is and we will not remember the pain of January because December will look too good. Even when you share the story of your now sitting upon you, you they will not believe you. That's one dimension, church. And every egg that the mother end sits upon. I don't know how many of you raise chickens in Africa. All those eggs that the mother end sits upon, not one fails to hatch. Or without fail. It means every word, every prophecy, every one of us this year, not one word, not one promise, not one prophecy over your life would fail to come to pass in the name of Jesus Christ. And every one of us, doesn't matter how many we are, all over the world, it doesn't matter. The grace is much more than sufficient. The heaven is wide enough for every bird to fly. Your success is not a threat to somebody else's success. Your glory is not going to dim somebody else's glory. Your light will not dim somebody else's light. Your light will shine, yet your light will shine. Yet your light will shine. Yet your light will shine. And God will take the praise. God will take the glory in the name of Jesus Christ. One other thing I found out, church, about the mother hen is that when the cheeks are arched, suddenly we see the mother hen. Maybe we're playing soccer somewhere. Of course, break, breaking glasses before my mother comes back. Suddenly we see the mother hen will just start running. I don't know mother in language. Hey, <laughs> God. But she begins to call her chicks. She begins to call all of them. And suddenly they start running underneath the mother in. In a few minutes, as she sits on them, you suddenly see an eagle coming down looking for food. And when he looks down and he sees nothing, he sees the mother in. It flies past. I don't understand mother in language. But there is a God in heaven that understands your pain. There is a God in heaven that understands your language. 
He is the same God that stood in Egypt and spoke to, 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 to locusts. He understand locust language. He spoke to them and they began to come from everywhere, north, south, east and west and they overran Egypt. There is a God in heaven that understands the language of darkness. The Bible said, he said to Moses, go tell Pharaoh there will be total darkness. And there was total darkness in Egypt, but there was light in Goshen. God understands the language of darkness and the language of light. Whatever language your obstacles need to hear, God will speak to them in the name of Jesus as he moves. He clears the way and he clears the path in the name of Jesus Christ. When the, mother, the chicks go under the mother end, two things happen, church. He protects, the mother end protects the little chicks from the enemy. Now, the only thing the chicks heard was the voice of the mother hen. When they run into the safety of the covering, there's pitch darkness. <laughs> there is total darkness. They can't see the eagle because the mother hen saw the eagle far ahead. Because if she waited till the eagle became visible to the chicks, the eagle would have done damage because it comes so swift at times even you human beings us we would hardly it would come boom and it's gone that's the same way Yona sees the enemy fired and he says daughter you are not going on that road this Monday you're taking another route because I see an accident on the way. Oh, dot son, you are not flying on that plane because I see something on that plane you cannot see. Just come, let me over, over you. This is the direction we're taking. This year, by the power in the name of Jesus, you would hear the voice of God. You would hear the voice of God as you're now broods over you. As the Spirit of God moves over you, the Spirit will take you, He will guide you, He will protect you in the name of Jesus Christ. And the strange thing about this experience, church, is that underneath the mother end is total darkness. It cannot see nothing, it does not know what is going on. There may be total darkness where you are, but the mother end is hovering over you. The mother end is sitting upon you. And he's saying, daughter, be still. Be still and you will know that I am God. Be still and you will know that I am still God. I can take care of you. I can take care of your future. I can take care of your tomorrow. I can take care of your children. I can take care of your career. I can take care of your past. I can take care of your present. I can take care of your future. For I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the one before, today, and the one after. I am God Almighty that sees the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. I'm going to take care of you, baby. I want you to stand on your feet, stamp your feet, put your hands together, give a shout of victory to this yonah. He's a good God. <laughs> 
thank God. He's a mighty God. He's your Father. He's your Father. He's your God. And He's not through with you yet. Somebody shout hallelujah. Let's have a sense. Different dimensions to that simple story. Because we said when God moves also the fourth, the fourth one. He breaks us free from tradition. For the Bible speaking in the book of Colossians chapter 2 verse 8 to 9. The Bible says be careful that no one takes you captive. Through philosophy and empty deceit. Based on human tradition. Based on the elements of the world. Rather on Christ. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ. The entire fullness, not half of it, not some of it, the entire fullness dwells bodily in Christ Jesus. The entire fullness of the nature of God dwells in Christ. Not in human philosophy. Not in the traditions and the denominations created by human hands. That's why each of us we must know this God. Number five, when God moves, there is nothing immovable in his path. When God moves as he would move this year, absolutely nothing is immovable in his path. He stood by the tomb of Lazarus. He confronted death itself, but God was on the move. He said, they said, it's been, he's been dead four days. They said, don't even go near the tomb because it stinks by now. Your life may stink, but when God moves, that which stinks, that which should be alive, that is dead. Because of the move of the Spirit of God this year, it's coming back to life in the name of Jesus. He stood by the tomb of Lazarus. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible said, he that was dead came out, oh God, walked out of the tomb. Whatever is your benefit that is buried in a tomb, whatever is yours that is cap captured somewhere, whatever is your position that someone else is sitting upon right now, God Almighty would cause them to be unseated and he would position you there in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in Luke chapter number 1 verse 35, New Living Translation, the Bible tells us that a woman that did not even have a, a husband conceived of a baby. Talking about Mary, he said the power of the Most High will overshadow you. He said the power of the Most High would overshadow you this year. Talking about the 
Yona experience, the upon experience, the move of the spirit upon your life this year. He said the baby that will be born, the idea that will be born, the vision that will be born, the ministry that will be born, the, the business that will be born. He said it shall be holy. It shall be dedicated to the Lord God Almighty. Someone put those hands together for the Lord. For God is about to bring something out of nothing for you this year in the name of Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter number 1 verse 36, the Bible says concerning this same God that can move any immovable thing. The Bible said there was a woman called Elizabeth that people had called barren. People had called barren. The Bible did not say she was barren. The Bible said people called her barren. Oh God, whatever should be productive that had not been productive in our lives. The, but it doesn't matter what people saw, what people have said concerning you. God is about to change the story if you are trusting God for a baby. God is able to give you the baby. For the Bible said in Luke chapter number 1 verse 36, Elizabeth that was called barren, she brought forth at her old age. She was not 16. She was not 15. She was not 20. She was not 30. It was an old age. You may be 35. You may be 36. You may be 37. You may be 40. And medically speaking, you are an Irish pregnant mama but God is saying I would give you a baby that baby would be holy that baby would be anointed that baby would be would my hand will rest upon him in the name of Jesus and the reason why God would do this it's because of Luke chapter number 1 verse 37 he says for nothing absolutely nothing is impossible with this God I want you to say nothing absolutely nothing is impossible with God because when he moves there is nothing immovable in his path if it is barrenness it must move over you, over your child over that person you are standing on their behalf if it is a new job if it is fruitfulness in one certain area or the other the move of God will produce testimonies. If it is cancer, the move of God over you in that hospital bed, that move of God over you in that house, the move of God over you in that bed, the move of God over you in that kitchen, that move of God over you will produce supernatural healing in the name of Jesus. God has done it before. He can do it again in the name of Jesus. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. He has power. That's why Paul writing to the Ephesian church in Ephesians chapter 1. The Bible said, and Paul prayed for them. When a burden has become a prayer, it's because he saw that the people had no clue the nature of the power that was embedded in them. For when a prince does not know he's a prince, he walks on the ground like a pauper. And servants will ride on horses. 
The Bible says the people of God will perish for lack of knowledge. At times it's not just the knowledge of scriptures, it's the knowledge of who we are in Christ and what we have in Christ. Paul was pushed to the limit and the Bible said and he prayed. He groaned in the spirit. He cried to God and he put it in writing that my constant prayer for you is that you understand that the incredible greatness of God's power that is available to you. I pray that you understand the incredible, unbelievable, unimaginable depth of power that is available to you and I in Christ. That as he moves on your behalf, nothing is immovable. No man is immovable. For the Bible speaking in Ephesians 1.21, he said that same power that delivered Jesus from death can deliver you and I from death. Not just to deliver. He said it positioned him in verse number 21. Far above any ruler, authority, power, or any leader, or anything. Whatever is going to be an obstacle, God's power would move. And he would position you far above such that you would decree a thing and it would come to pass. And finally, let me round up because of time, church. The move of this Yonah over our lives this year. As we consider the couple at the beginning, the lady said to the man, why can't we sit together on the steering wheel like we used to when we first got married and the man said I never moved just move close to me move nearer to me the same way church when Yona moves out of a man's or a woman's life light moves out and when light moves out darkness moves in what keeps darkness out is the presence of light immediately you remove light if we turned off the light in this room you will know that darkness has been around. It's just that the light kept it at bay. When God moves out of a man's life, woe betide that man. May God not move out of our lives in the name of Jesus. For the Bible tells us the story of a man called Ephraim in the Bible. In Genesis chapter number 48, the Bible in verse 17 to 20, the Bible tells us Ephraim and Manasseh 
they were the sons of Joseph, born to Joseph, the prince of Egypt. And when his father Jacob, the one that carried the grace of the covenant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and when the time came for him to transfer what was transferred from Abraham to Isaac, and Isaac transferred it to Jacob, the Bible said, and in his dying days, Joseph brought his two children, Manasseh being the first child and Ephraim being the second child. The Bible said, his eyes were dim, but the eye of the spirit was keen and sharp. He clearly understood the principles of the covenant and the direction of the move of the spirit in the future. Culture said the right hand must be laid on the firstborn. But because there was a new dimension of God's move, there's so many people, Holy Spirit wants me to tell someone, you're still waiting to go back to what life used to be prior to COVID. God said, even in the midst of COVID, I was moving. You've got to do things and be open to new ideas, how you run your business, how you interact at work. The kind of ideas you are given at work, it must be cutting edge post-COVID. The Bible said the old man that carried the mantle of the covenant of Abraham. Physical eyes were dimmed. He understood culture that Joseph must have put the right, the firstborn in the direction of his right hand and the secondborn in the direction of his left hand. He crossed his hands and he laid his right hand on Ephraim and put his left on Manasseh and began to prophesy. Began to transfer the covenant of Abraham. Joseph saw it and screamed and said, Father, heresy. You are breaking tradition. Holy Spirit divine, I pray that God would give us understanding of the move of his spirit. Joseph screamed and said, Father, this has never been done. You don't put the right hand on the second born. Jo Jacob said, Son, I know my son, I know. He said it twice. I know tradition. My son, I taught you tradition. But this is what the Spirit of God is saying. Manasseh would be great, but Ephraim would be greater. 
And he laid, he kept his right hand. There is none holy as our God. There is none besides thee. Neither is there in the same room with my spiritual father the general overseer of the redeemed Christian church of God Pastor E.A. Adeboe I can't remember the details church but it was a relaxed setting I can't remember whether he put his hands on my hand or my head you know, father-son talk. And he forgot his hand. I assume he forgot. But I knew it was a Kairos moment. Everybody else was laughing, but I wasn't laughing. And he kept his hand there. And he kept his hand there. And he kept his hand. And he kept his hand. I didn't care whether I was kneeling down, prostrating, what, wherever I was, whatever I was doing. And the Bible says, and Jacob blessed Ephraim. And he said, in verse number 20 of Genesis 48, he said, and so Jacob blessed the boys. 
He said, the people of Israel will use your name when they give a blessing. They would say, may God make you as prosperous as Ephraim and Manasseh. And the Bible concludes, it said, in this way, Jacob put Ephraim ahead of Manasseh. Said when they are talking about success in your lineage, in your generation, that may people, oh God, say, may God bless their children as God has blessed you. By the time he's done with you, he said you would become a positive reference point to generations unborn in the name of Jesus Christ. But unfortunately, church, this same Ephraim, after the blessing that blossomed, exploded, became great, became rich, became mighty. The Bible says at some point the success got into his head. The ladder with which heaven lifted him, he became, he became too big. He became too rich. He thought, I did this. this I worked hard for this. You know all those reasons we give for the laxities in our lives. The way we used to serve that we've stopped serving. The way we used to give our time, give our tithes and our offering, give whatever resources to the things of God. Now we tell God, I'm a big man of God, I'm, I'm a CEO. Let the young, I don't have time. How can I be an usher or hold me? If not, if you're working, you can work for me. Even all of you together, you can be my staff. At times we don't say it, but our attitude says it. We've become too big for God to handle. We've become too smart. We question everything. We are condescending to people who are serving. The things of God have become leftover for leftover time. I've got more important things to do, you know. Can't come for choir, SOH practice no more. I'm not even on schedule. How can I come to church? Oh, no, 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 no. How can I, how can I be riding, driving the, 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 the parking cars? And Ephraim became big. And Ephraim. And the Bible said, in Osea chapter 4 verse 17, the things which, which God had blessed Ephraim with, they've become idols 
And heaven made a judgment. And he said, Ephraim is joined himself to his idols. Let him alone. Leave him alone. Cut him loose. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. When heaven makes a decision, cuts a man or a woman loose, it's a dangerous place to be. Shall we rise? What's heaven saying over your life? What are the changes? Have we become too big to handle? Too smart for God? Please let's talk to God in the next 60 seconds. Someone said, if God can give blessings through you, he would give it to you. He's blessed you so you can be a blessing. It's not about you. It's not about your ego. It's not about your masculinity. It's not about you being in a class of your own. There's no class in the kingdom. of us, if you need to rededicate your life, there are things adjustments you need to make. Every one of us, everyone, people watching, wherever you're watching from, 
I want you to ask that the blood of Jesus would cleanse you. Let Jesus reveal himself to you. Let the move of the spirit. Let the overing of the Holy Spirit. Let Yona move upon you. Let salvation flow. I want you to tell, just talk to him. All eyes closed. Upstairs, downstairs, wherever you may be watching from. Ask Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior. Ask Jesus to be your guide into this new week. Into this new year. Spirit of the living God. Do that which you alone can do. Let bitterness go. Let the heart, like Jeremiah cried, that is hurting. Just re release it. Release it. Release it. Release it. Release it. Holy Spirit, have your way. Lord Jesus, for as many as are confessing you as Lord and Savior, rededicating their lives, asking for Father, Lord, readjustments. Stepping down from the high osses of self-deceit. Lord, I ask, oh God, let the pride be shattered. Let arrogance cut, be cut loose. The things you've blessed us with that have become idols to us. Father, we separate ourselves from them. And we give it all to you as an offering. Our hearts are open, Father, whatever move you make. As you move, we would move. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. And the church say, let's put those hands together for the Lord as we take our seats and wrap this thing up today. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you so much for being a part of our message today. If you enjoyed the message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media. You can also jump on our website, www.dch.church, and click the given link to help us spread the word and the good news all over the world. Stay connected and God bless you. Have a great week.